This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Michael, we have a great question. I really appreciate somebody asking this. Um, We've probably heard it a million times ourselves, and as an exaggeration. The question is, do we know the gender of God? I mean, come on, is God always male or is he also female or is there some kind of combination? Okay, so complex questions. Let's break it down like one piece at a time. Yes. And then we'll take all these separate pieces and put them together into an answer, okay? So here's what we find. We find number one, God exclusively reveals himself in the masculine in terms of his self-identity, okay? Yes. So the Father, the Son, and the Spirit um, are all masculine fundamentally. Yes. So whenever the Spirit self-references or Jesus self-references or the Father does, it's always in that masculine sense. And it does not mean that God is a patriarchal bigot. It just no. means that uh, this is how he's chosen to primarily reveal himself. Right. That's This that, is his, his self-identity. Right. Uh, and so that would be like number one, okay? We'll just say— all right, yes, that is how he reveals himself. But when we get into uh, Genesis chapter 1 and we talk about the image of God, mm-hmm. when the Father, the Son, and the Spirit get together and what they want to do is image themselves most most fully, mm-hmm. um, this is where I think our audience needs to listen for a moment because I'm going to say something that I don't think many people have had this thought necessarily unless you've really studied the image of God. That the image of God— I'll say it backwards, and I'll, I'll I'll lead with the point. The image of God is most fully manifest in the nuclear family. Agreed. Okay, and here's why I say that: because when God, when God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit get together and they say, "Let us make man in our image," it says, "In the image of God, He God created them, male and female." And, female. Mm-hmm. and so it's interesting because God is plurality, one God in three persons, and these plurality, this plurality is complementary. And what we see is that what the nature of God does is that he reproduces. He creates sons mm-hmm. and daughters. So when God wants to create his image on earth, he creates the man. When God wants to reflect his image reflect on earth, I himself. should say, he creates the man and the woman. He brings them together in marriage and gives them the first command, which is make love and make babies. Mm-hmm. And what we find here is that— even though the man is made fully in the image of God and the woman is made fully in the image of God, um, together they paint a more full picture of God. A more complete picture of who God really yes, is. together. At, at, na- at his nature. Yep. In the context of marriage, because part of the image of God is not just what you look like, but it's what you do. Mm-hmm. And God reproduces, if you will, not sexually. We do that sexually. But he reproduces himself. He's creative. He's ruling and subduing mm-hmm. and having dominion. And as a nuclear family, Adam and Eve, they rule, they subdue, and they're fruitful and they multiply in the earth. And they don't just image God individually in terms of their physiology, their biology, their body, their soul, their spirit connections, but they're imaging God in terms of what they do. What they do. Yes. So the, here's the summary point. Man is made fully in the image of God. Woman is made fully in the image of God. But together, they uniquely image God in what they do. And so here's what we see that um, woman, woman, women, <laughs> sounded weird when it came out of my mouth. They're made in the image of God. Yes. And uh, there's something about the feminine aspect that reflects God's character. So it would be a misnomer to say God is male and he has no feminine aspects to himself. 
that there seems to be— That, that would be a wrong statement to absolutely. make. Um, and so God identifies as masculine. Jesus was not just male, but he was masculine. But yes. God in totality has masculine and feminine attributes. Yes. And each of those attributes are represented in women and men differently, or at least they're supposed mm-hmm. to. Some people surmise, let's like play a little, like a little surmising game. I'm not saying I believe this. I'm just telling you what people think. Mm-hmm. That— uh, Jesus is the masculine representation of God because as a physical, biological male, Jesus would have practiced masculinity. Um, And the Holy Spirit represents more of the feminine side of God, um, the helper, the supporter, the encourager, the builder, the teammate, if you will. Um, And that, um, that, that would be like a picture of how God is both masculine and feminine. But it should be clear, even though some people believe that, they will also have to acknowledge, though, that uh, the Holy Spirit is a mas- a masculine right is masculine in terms of its pronouns and understanding. Yes, that's the thing that people who understand other languages other than English they understand that uh, nouns have either masculine, feminine, or sometimes neuter depending on the the language. And especially in our Greek New Testament, we see that every time a noun or a name for God, mm-hmm. either the Father, the Son, or the Spirit, it's always. Uh, a masculine ending. There's always. Without exception. So here's a couple funny little distinctions. Number one, there is sometimes analogies or metaphors are used for God. And God can be described as a mother, but he doesn't call himself mother. No, he does not. It's it's fair to say that mothers made in the image of God have God attributes to mm-hmm. them. And uh, God can act motherly, but yeah. it does not mean he self-identifies as a female. Right. But this is what I think is really funny. So, like, in the liberal uh, denominational, primarily Christian communities, um, this the patriarchal language for God is being, we'll just say, stripped from God because it's seen as politically incorrect. And I'll talk about why that is in a minute, I think. But, like, it's interesting because in a culture that is so passionate about letting people self-identify, mm-hmm. yep. who am I? Okay, God has self-identified. Yeah, he's self-identified. So give him the same respect that you give to the 13-year-old girl who wants to self-identify as a male. You know what I mean? Like exactly. God has declared through the word yeah, what he God wants is, to be called. If God is identifying himself as masculine, who are we to strip that from him? Right. We can't do that to a human being, but they're going to do that very thing to God. Yep. I, it makes no sense. It does not make sense to me. So here's what's happening, and, and we'll just maybe give a my perception on why— um, the liberal community is not allowing God to self-identify. Once you say that the scriptures must evolve in their interpretation and application for every culture, then the scriptures become subject to their authority becomes the culture. Yeah. Human authority makes the trump over what scripture says. Correct. And the need right now to be politically correct and for God himself to not be offensive, like somehow God says, I want to self-identify as masculine. And then a bunch of people are like, I'm offended by that. So (laughs) rather than the people changing to appease God, God has to change to appease them, which is all part and parcel with a progressive view of Scripture. Mm -hmm. We don't believe in a progressive view of Scripture. We believe the Scriptures are static and constant and— they, they are the final authority. Yeah, they transcend culture. Um, yeah. Culture does not transcend the scriptures. And and so because of that, um, male is male, female is female. What God reveals is true always and forever. And 
that is a very different view of gender. But it is interesting. God's really clear. He self-identifies always and every time as a male. Mm -hmm. He does have feminine aspects, and that does not negate his masculinity. Correct. And women are made fully in the image of God, but that does not change the fact that God always self-identifies as a man, mm -hmm. even though we use metaphors or scripture uses metaphors um, that are feminine nature, like mothers. Yeah, and, right. uh, and that's fine. You can give a feminine uh, metaphor for somebody, but have that not negate their masculinity. Right. Now, I don't want to overstate it either because God the Father doesn't have genitalia, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't mean to say any other, but like he just doesn't, nor does the Holy Spirit. No. Jesus does. And it seems that he wasn't an androgynous whatever. Like when he got ascended into heaven, Jesus would be biologically male. And so that's just the reality that when we see God, we will see Jesus and we will see a masculine Jesus. Right. That's, I think, a really important aspect. Now, the same Jesus is going to have, um, we'll say, motherly attributes and aspects to him. He's not sure. just going to be pure macho man Randy Savage, right? Mm -hmm. um, he's going to reflect the fullness of of masculinity and aspects of femininity. Now, how mm -hmm. that gets, how that's going to look, I don't know, but here's what I know. Whenever anybody would meet Jesus, they're not going to, they would never have said he's effeminate. No. Ever. Um, and so, um, that's just something we had to come to grips with. We don't get to tell God who he is. He tells us who he is and we submit to that. And I'd love to be PC and politically correct, but, um, you know, there's something I've just been realizing. I mean, I've always kind of known this in my gut, I think, but I can't think of one single doctrinal concept in Christianity that is politically correct. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been like, Jesus is the only way. Jesus is fully God. Hell is eternal. All those things cut against our culture. Uh, everything. Our politically like, correct whoa, culture. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's pretty unbelievable. And so as the Christian, um, just in, gender is assigned by God, is sacred to God, mm -hmm. is important to God. We just uh, preached a sermon on this, um, this past Sunday, uh, February, I don't know, what was the date on Sunday? February 18th, 18th. Um, 2018 at the Village Church Sermon Podcast. And um, just looked at what is masculinity and what is femininity and why did God even create sex? Mm -hmm. Not sexual intercourse, but sex. Yeah, biological, biological sex. sex. And what does the Bible have to say about what is masculine and what is feminine? And we have the privilege to mine the scriptures because God... God didn't speak and create gender arbitrarily. He created it with intentionality. Absolutely. So we have this Definitely intentional. Awesome privilege to figure out what that means. But uh, so, yeah, don't, don't, somebody will say to you, but God reveals himself as a mother. Good theology is nuanced. Mm. Okay. It does not mean that he is now can yeah. be identified at called mother. Yeah. The one that I heard used against Jesus being, oh, Jesus could be feminine or effeminate is that. It's in the final passage where Jesus is kind of telling his disciples about the end times. And he says, oh, how I longed as a mother hen would bring her chicks under her wings. Look at how much I longed to just love and care for Jerusalem. And yet she would not. Which is basically Jesus taking Old Testament imagery and quoting it. Using what God would already use in the Old Testament and applied it to himself. Right. Which is what happens so much when Jesus speaks. He's actually simply regurgitating a lot of scripture. Uh, and uh, it's just because Jesus describes that, uh, an analogy that the Old Testament uses for God doesn't mean that Jesus wants to be called mother. Um, there's a lot of analogies that I'd like to use that would might describe me as a mom. Mm -hmm. But doggone it, my kids better not call me mom. Yeah, right. You know? Right. Analogies don't equal permission, right? Mm -hmm. I get why this question is confusing. Big picture would be God self-identifies. Men and women are equally made in the image of God. When 
men and women come together in the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. That is probably the most clear picture of God's activity. Mm-hmm. God is a creator, a subduer, a ruler, and a multiplier. Right. Um, that happens in the nuclear family. And I would say every Old and New Testament author always identifies God in the masculine. There we go. They would know. <laughs> and hopefully God himself would know. Yeah, I think he would know who he is yep. and what he is. All right. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us today. Come back next time when we answer another question, which will be, what do we know of Adam and Eve's concept of God? Mm-hmm.